Good afternoon, Tony G Show. I have a uh, guest with me on the on the show today. Guest. Guest. Oh wait, that's Will McCormick. <laughs> I didn't recognize you, pal. New face around here. It's good to have you back. Yeah, it's good to be back. Missed you. Missed no, the I show. missed you. <laughs> I got to tell you, you know, this is the career thing I want to do. Mentioned it a bunch of times. We all know that's why I'm into this. But I got done with the show on Tuesday, mm-hmm. and I was so gassed. Oh. You know, I could start working in breaks. It's recorded, so after I do a segment, I can take like five minutes to myself. But I'm impatient, so I just like to get it all done, have it laid out in front of me, and then just pound it out. Like, not get done, not get up until it's done. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I did. And I got done, and I was like, okay. <laughs> I need to lie down. <laughs> take a nap. <laughs> I edited quick. I did what I had to do. And then I, I posted it, advertised it, and then I shut the computer, let it charge, and I lied down for like an hour. Dude, I, when I opened it up and I saw it was 40 minutes, I was like, oh, he's tired. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's no one to like bounce. Uh, no, you got you to gotta talk to yourself. Exactly. Which, I mean, I do anyways on the regular, but. Right. Okay. Well, it's good to have you back. Thank you. You uh, you stepped aside for a state mm-hmm. of the economy. Yep. It, it, fill Fun me stuff. in. We'll spend like a minute on this. Fill mm-hmm. me in on what this is. Because I said it on Tuesday, so I don't really know what it is. But Yeah, it's uh, it's been going on for eight years, I think, here. And it's through the Center of Business and Economic Analysis, which I have a, I'm a research, student research fellow with them. Um, and we it's basically like, it's a, a massive event for like anybody that wants to come in the local community. So I think there was over 100 people there. Wow. And 50 different businesses represented. Um, and the students basically talk about uh, like a, a hot topic in the economy. Uh, so I was discussing the labor market trends and how that like affects inflation. So looking at current data and explaining what it's telling us right now and kind of just verbalizing that to the local business uh, businessmen and women. My so. brain is like short-circuiting with the amount of big words you said. Like it sounds like a very intellectual event. Yes, is very, mm-hmm. very high okay. level everyone there knows what they're talking about so it's really fun and it's a good networking opportunity so i would have been a sore thumb yeah no you probably would have liked it (laughs) there's some stuff in there that like even i like don't really enjoy like learning about it's just certain parts of economics that are just kind of boring to me but there are other other parts that like anybody could really kind of pay attention and get something from it so interesting next year Anybody that's listening, it'll be here. Definitely go to it. Yeah, it's a good event. Absolutely. Uh, it, like I mentioned, we'll get into it now. You, you were missed on Tuesday, mm-hmm. but for a rightful reason, of course. And then you're back today. Good to have you back. Thanks. Good to be back. Tony yeah. G Studios. I missed it. I, I, I was kind of sad I couldn't do it last Tuesday, but I literally spent from three in the afternoon till eight at night just practicing. So yeah, a understandable. Lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you did miss the Super Bowl recap show. I know. So we didn't get to talk mostly because I was mad because I was. I think I had the closest score prediction. You did. I was really close. Thanks for bringing that up. I didn't talk about that in the episode <laughs> that you missed, but it is true. I mm-hmm. could, you know, you were like uh, twenty four twenty one. The final score was twenty three twenty. Yeah, and I, but I had Cincinnati winning. I think. Yeah. Yep. Either way, I was close. It was a pretty close score. It was a good game all the way through. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking about NFL today. We'll preview the show. We'll talk Aaron Rodgers and the MVP race. I'm glad you're back here because we're going to talk Aaron Rodgers, Tom Love Brady. It. Maybe even sprinkle a, a bit of Cooper Cup in there as well. Second segment, we're going to talk Mike Vrabel as coach of the year. We're going to, I mean, this whole show is pretty much coming from the weekend of the Super Bowl. This whole week has been, really, of recapping the NFL Season Awards, recapping uh, what our final segment will be about today is the 2022 
Hall of Fame inductees. We won't get too in-depth on that, but we will talk Leroy Butler and his deservedness for being a candidate of the Hall of Fame and then a couple other names as well. So that is going to be our show. we got a good one planned. All, all football today. We'll mix in more sports as the show gets – as the season gets moving in the next week. But, you know, it's just such a prominent time in football in the year. Super Bowl awards – and there's just so many opinions to be had about it and so much to discuss, so that's what we're going to be doing today. Before we get into the show, I have to advertise the interviews. A.J. Aitken came out yesterday, and that's a really good interview. I mean, we, that was a very good discussion that I had with A.J. Mike Pant came out last Wednesday, not yesterday, but the Wednesday before, and then next Wednesday, in like six, seven days, Dan Lucas is going to be coming out, his interview that I did with him. So that is our interview lineup for the February series of Tony G Show interviews. Very good turnout all month long with the interviews. All season long, really. I can't even think of an interview where I'm like, I wish I wouldn't have conducted that. You know, I, I don't have a least favorite interview that I've done, that we've done. Mm-hmm. It's It's been They're nonstop, interesting, interesting, interesting characters to talk about all the way through. I mean, I just... The people of St. Norbert College here in the athletics program, they're just so smart and so wise and have stories to tell so i'm very fortunate and happy that i get to be able to tell those stories with them and for them now enough of the sappy stuff here enough of the you know happy whatever you know i'm not i'm not i'm not here for that i'm here to get down to business to lay down the line in sports you hear me mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm ready i'm also ready we are going to lay down the line mvp coach of the year and then hall of fame inductees the NFL Award Show recap, I guess you could call it, on the Tony G Show, Season 8, Episode 6. That's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. You are listening to the eighth and final season of the Tony G Show. Eight seasons of laughs, memories, and sports are coming to an end. Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at Tony G Nation. Check out more from Tony G at TonyGNation.com. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's your host, Tony G. A lot of debate all year long. Did Mr. Aaron Rodgers deserve that fourth MVP award of his career this season? We're going to crunch the numbers and debate here today. Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, let's have this discussion. Again, Aaron Rodgers, fourth MVP award of his career. He is now second to Peyton Manning, who had five. He gives the Green Bay Packers their 10th Team MVP award that has ever been won in franchise history, which is the most out of any franchise in the NFL. A team that's been around for over 100 years, since 1919, and a team now with 10 MVP awards, four of them to Mr. Rogers, Rogers Neighborhood. And before we get into this debate, it's worth mentioning we're a sports show and, you know, the I, we're not going to talk too much about that. We're not TMZ here. We're not E! News. Right. But Aaron Rodgers and his fiance Shalane Woodley, did part. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I'm not going to speculate on that or nothing. You know, that's not my business. I'm not. That's the, next episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's Tony G Show's extra, uh, extra files. <laughs> the cutouts. No, I, you know, I'm not E! News. I'm not uh, TMZ. I'm not going to speculate on what that, what might have caused that. It's kind of fun, though. It is fun to think about. You don't have to do any journalism. You just be like throw out random facts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm not an established journalist yet, so I, you know, I can speculation. There's here's the thing. Did he say? Did he say? Mm-hmm. I want to stay in Green Bay. And she go, 
hit the bricks. 99% of that stuff. It had to be true. (laughs) (laughs) There's that running joke. The joke. Nobody. Yeah, really. That running joke in sports that, you know, uh, uh, big, big time players are kind of who who are in relationships, want to go to bigger markets Mm -hmm. for the sake of the happiness of their spouse. It's like uh, Russell Wilson, right? Yes. That's the exact example I was going to give. That's that running joke in the sports media. And Russell Wilson is a perfect example. He wants out of Seattle and he's married to Sierra, who is a music star. She uh, makes music, sings. Yeah. Famous. Famous. (laughs) She's a famous person. Just like Shalane Woodley is and just like... Tony G is. (laughs) Just like Tony G is. Or just like uh, Danica Patrick was. So uh, Mm -hmm. there's that joke that these guys want to go to these big markets to be with their spouses in these big market homes and these big market cities and whatever so is that the case is he like i want to come back to green bay see if i can make this happen in green bay and she was like uh no you remember that time that you had to scrape off the windshield of my car yeah no not doing that again <laughs> like is that the case you i don't know that? i don't know either yeah it's so weird because it seems like Again, not TMZ, so I hate to go this evil direction. We're going direction, into it, Tony. Clearly. But we're going. We're going. Clearly, huh? you just decided we're going to talk <laughs> well, about these it. These thoughts just keep coming in my mind. It's like the Danica Patrick thing. The thing when where I... they bought this massive Malibu house, yeah, and then they split. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Aaron Rodgers moves on, meets uh, Woodley, and then they announce they're getting engaged when he wins his third MVP award last season. Yeah, and then almost a year later, they split. So it seems like they, he has this big relationship achievement mm-hmm. with his significant others, and then they split right as right as they get into that. I wonder why that is. This is totally offbeat, yeah. but and I can't remember why him and Danica Patrick split up, but I can imagine there's probably a hot debate about who's going to drive. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine That's that? Funny. You have a NASCAR driver? It's like, yeah, obviously I'm going to drive. I've always wondered about that dynamic of NASCAR drivers right. driving. Like, For their family? Like human, like, like in civilization. Yeah. Like, do they just floor it every time? Green light, bang. They, they just get you know off. What I'm See you later. They're like, uh, police are like, ah, you know what, whatever. <laughs> exactly. I can understand. I'm not catch them. They're shifting gears like crazy, and <laughs> they're out of there. They got a sequential gearbox in their <laughs> daily car. Who's Anyways. making the drive from the airport back to the Green Bay house? You or me, Danica? I want to. No, I want to. No, I want to. No, I want to. That's probably why they. Br- they, they both took up. separate cars. That's what it was. <laughs> Danica's driving some, you know, stick shift. <laughs> so MVP. You want me to make that noise again? No, uh, please no. don't. Okay. I'll, I'll <laughs> Sound like Jack. Yeah, yeah. Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're goofy today on the Tony G show. It's interesting to think about, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, and does that have any effect on his gameplay? I don't think so. I mean, he, he split with Danica Patrick, had an MVP season, mm-hmm. found Woodley in the offseason, announced their engagement, has an MVP season, and then they split. Yeah, it's... Honestly, and that that stat people don't really talk about, but going through a breakup that should be added into the stats. <laughs> See, in the goat debate, Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers? Tom Brady's been married for years and years, and Aaron Rodgers, you know, yep. keeping stats. You're here, dealing right? with heartbreak while while becoming MVP. <laughs> uh, gotta love that we're a comedy show as well as a sports talk show mm-hmm. on the Tony G Show. But the MVP discussion. Let's get into on-field play. Mm-hmm. From the 2021-2022 season, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. Let's compare the stats. Aaron Rodgers, a 13-3 and record, 37 touchdowns, 4 interceptions, over 4,100 yards, 4,115 to be exact. 
and a completion percentage of 68.9. On the other hand, Tom Brady, 13 and 4, 43 touchdowns. That is six more touchdowns, but also two more interceptions at six and over 5,300 yards. I mean, he had a, a much bigger year in terms of passing yards, going downfield, getting yards, whatever that may be, yards after the catch, net air yards. Tom Brady threw for 5,316 yards. That's a that's an incredible amount. And then the completion percentage is almost uh, right on each other, 67.5 for Tom Brady, again, nearly 69% for Aaron Rodgers. Looking at some advanced stats, yards per attempt, okay, yards per passing attempt. So every time they pass, this is on average how many yards that play will pick up. Aaron Rodgers is at 7.7. Tom Brady's at 7.4. Not the biggest of difference, but Tom, Tom Brady is behind Aaron Rodgers in that aspect. Quarterback ranking, Rodgers at 69.2, Brady at 68.1. And then a passer rating, Aaron Rodgers has been the best in the history of the NFL at this mm-hmm. statistically. 112 and and Tom Brady at uh, 102.1. It's not even in the same school. <laughs> <laughs> See, that one, there's that 10-point difference. But the rest of these stats I've seen get thrown towards Aaron Rodgers because mm-hmm. he does lead against Tom Brady. But they're not that big of differences. I mean, the QBR is just a point away from each other. Yeah. You know, the yards per attempt is 0.3 yards per average off of each other. So, I mean, they're pretty even, neck and neck. So, mm-hmm. it's what you value more in an MVP, I think, because, you know, Tom Brady has some of those popular stats, 43 touchdowns, six interceptions, 5,300 yards. I mean, when you look at, when you try to think about the type of season that a quarterback is having, you go for those big stats. You go yeah. for touchdowns thrown. You go for how few interceptions they have thrown. You go for how many yards they've thrown. So, if you value that, then Tom Brady would be your MVP. Because you value that more than the other stats. But those other stats, I think, do have some merit to them. The fact that he is the more efficient quarterback. The fact that he is, I don't want to say by far, but I think by far, the more talented quarterback in terms of a throw from any angle, a throw, you know, he can get hit and make a throw. He can throw on the run. He can throw deep downfield. And Tom Brady is more of the traditional stand in the pocket, not make a throw on the run, check down type of court. I'm not saying he never does the opposite, but he tends to just stay in the pocket and make his and, and go through his progressions in the play more than an Aaron Rodgers would. Not that Aaron Rodgers wouldn't either, because mm-hmm. a lot of you know, and the reason I'm so cautious around the way I say these things is because anybody, most people in this debate, when I say something, they immediately counter with the opposite. So I'm just trying to say, you know, I get that both quarterbacks can do both talent qualities exceptionally and have both characteristics to the point that more than any other quarterback does in the league. I get that. But when you think about comparing the on-field play, I mean, if you watch Aaron Rodgers and compare him to Tom Brady in terms of the play that you watch, Aaron Rodgers is your more talented quarterback. It just is. Yeah. It's it's just the case. It's just how it turns out. So The more efficient quarterback and talented, I think, would be Aaron Rodgers. Right. This really boils down to whether we're looking at numbers or efficiency and kind of what people value. Because there's no doubt that Brady put up better, you know, more touchdowns, more passing yards. Yes. Those big stats. That's without a doubt. But there's also a couple, like, you know, there's some uh, situational stuff that we need to clarify as well. So Rodgers also had that COVID game where he was out. So you have to factor in that. Brady is also, he's thrown for nearly 200 more pass attempts 
188 to be to be exact. Mm-hmm. That's a lot more. Yeah. That is a lot more pass attempts. So, again, we bring up that efficiency discussion. Yes, Brady put up more touchdowns, more yards, but when we're talking efficiency, Aaron no Rodgers did it in 200 less completions, 200 yeah. yes pass attempts. Right. And I do have to correct myself. I said the Lions game at the end of the season was the one that Aaron Rodgers missed. I, I that just, you know. No, you're good. You're yeah, good. That was, I missed it too, so. Yeah. So, <laughs> either way, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, probably is the, when you say that. Well, that was a half game. He yeah. Didn't, he really didn't play much of that game, right? Mm-hmm. So. It still baffles me, though, because then the Packers lost that game. So, Aaron Rodgers wouldn't get a win, but yet he's at 13 wins, right? Well, I think since he started, he okay, so he did it. get the loss because they're at three losses, and he mm-hmm. didn't get tallied with the Chiefs' loss. Yeah, and that makes also sense. you have to factor in. I know that this isn't an excuse, and he definitely played bad in that game. But that first game against New Orleans, you yeah. put mid-season Green Bay against that New Orleans team. I think it's a blowout. Yeah, I wouldn't say. Yeah, maybe not a blowout. But no, yes. but not not certainly not the way it went because both teams in mid-season form. You know, Saints were without Jameis Winston mid-season form. Right, he blew out his knee. But also, if you if you think you know most healthy teams, most you know midseason form Packers are probably going to get that one. Mm-hmm. Also, I did want to mention the more pass attempts for Tom Brady. Think about the two different styles of offenses that these two teams have. I mm-hmm. mean, the Packers have two running backs that they absolutely love to use evenly in games: Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon. Tampa Bay Buccaneers have some talent in terms of a Leonard Fournette. Or Ronald you know, Jones. I really, yeah, Ronald Jones is another one. I really liked Keyshawn Vaughn in the playoffs. I think he's really emerging as a better running back than uh, than I think anybody thought he would be. So I think that there is talent in that running back position for Tampa Bay, but they don't use them in the same way in that offense that Green Bay uses mm-hmm. Dylan and Jones. I mean, right. They just don't. It's just not the case. So when you think about how much the Packers use their run game and compare it to Tom Brady, that's where those – completions kind of fall off for Rodgers. That's where Tom Brady takes that. But you're right. The point is that in less pass attempts, Aaron Rodgers is neck and neck with Tom Brady. It didn't take him 200 more to get those types of stats. Yeah, and actually better in some instances too. And think about if he did have 200 more pass attempts. That's, you know, say he had 150 more completions. That's 75%. And say none of those are touchdown pass is still you know what i mean like that's yeah. still crazy yeah just to fathom like having that many more throws that'd probably be ass- 10 more touchdowns right assuming that none of those are for touchdowns so let's talk about leadership here because this is something i wanted to bring up tom brady has always looked at and romanticized as this glorified leader and he is i mean he is it's hard to say he's not a lot of people love him but in doing that in praising tom brady for his leadership a lot of people and a lot of markets and a lot of outlets like to shame Aaron Rodgers and use him as the exact opposite as not a leader. But yet anybody who's played with him, Devontae Adams loves him, loves playing with him. James Jones loved playing with him. David Bakhtiari loves the guy. Randall Cobb came back to Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers had such chemistry that he asked for Randall Cobb to come back. So there are a lot of guys who love playing with Aaron Rodgers. He's an exceptional leader. And the way Matt LaFleur talks about it, it's not like a fluke. In terms of, he's just saying it because he's the head coach and he has to say say it about his quarterback. He really means that when he says that, that Aaron Rodgers, the way he leads teams, the way he leads guys, the way he motivates his younger players is really exceptional. So I'm not saying that he's better than Tom Brady at it. Mm-hmm. But just again, that point that when people praise Tom Brady, they also kind of 
shame Aaron Rodgers is the exact opposite, that he's not a leader. And that's just not the case. Yeah, I think Rodgers has this expectation for people. He has he really holds players to a high standard. He expects you to, to show up every day, seriously play, and to bring your best every day. And I think that when he doesn't see that, he's not afraid to say, yeah, I was disappointed in that. Or, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. I think he's not afraid to be honest about the situation. And I think sometimes that's why people can bash his leadership. I forget when it was, but there were times in the past where he would be unhappy with receiver play and, and, and not with Devonte, but I don't know, for whatever reason, the name Jared Boykin comes up, but yeah. just, and I think in, in, uh, instances like that in the past, that's why he kind of gets that hit to his leadership. But I don't think that's a, I don't think that's a downside of leadership. I think that's just being clear about what you expect from people. I think there's two different styles of how these guys lead teams. Mm-hmm. You've seen Tom Brady absolutely chew out some of his teammates yeah. or show that emotion. He's emotion full uh, on the field. You know, he got that his first unsportsmanlike penalty in the playoffs when he was yelling at uh, Sean Hockley. Yeah, has Rodgers ever done that? Like, I don't think very I don't think few, that. very few times, right? I don't think it's ever been that egregious where he's like absolutely unloaded on an yeah. official. I just can't off the top of my head think of it. But Aaron Rodgers isn't that type of guy who's going to sit there and yell at you and yell at you and yell at you like Tom right. Brady would. Not saying there's anything wrong with that, but that's just two different styles. And it's so prob- I think when people yeah. see that, you know, they're going to say, you know, when they see Aaron Rodgers slamming the, the iPad or the, the right. tablet or whatever. That's what I was saying. And they're like, this guy is, you know, a sore mm-hmm. loser, this or that, blaming teammates, blaming this or that. But you're right. The way he says he expects greatness every time he steps onto the field, I mean, only, you know, everybody can say that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a different caliber with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's without a doubt. So I I think in terms of MVP this year, you also have to take into consideration that Tom Brady's like 100 and a half. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's really old. Granted, uh, there's no stat for that. <laughs> there isn't, but it's glorious mm-hmm. that he's 44 years old and he's playing like he's 25. Rodgers is 38, though. I mean, yeah. that's not young either. Yeah, there is six years difference. But it is still, I you know, I, I don't think that should go under the radar that he's 44 and still doing this. Because, I mean, that's it's like mid-40s. Nobody plays yeah. to that age. Aaron Rodgers is talking about retirement now, and Tom Brady never talked about retirement until a few years ago. So, I don't know. I think it's hard to say that there is a clear reason as to why Aaron Rodgers would get it over Tom Brady. But I think if there would be, it would be the fact that Tom Brady's just the the kind of safe bet. And Aaron Rodgers, is he's won it last year. He mm-hmm. won it this year because he's the guy. He's a bad man, as mm-hmm. you know. some guys would say, some people would say. He is somebody who would come out and just play his heart out. He doesn't throw interceptions, I think, is a big one. Yeah. yeah I'm trying huge. to think in my head of what a clear reason would be that Aaron Rodgers would get it. I sat on this Tony G show last season. And I said, there is nothing to me as of right now. It was like week, what, 14, if that, 13. I said, there is nothing to me right now that would say, I'm going to give the MVP to Aaron Rodgers. And I think on Packers Twitter, a lot of people say, Aaron Rodgers should be the MVP clear cut. I think that's more fandom. I don't say that. But Brady doesn't have anything either that makes him a clear cut MVP winner either. He didn't have a season that was outstanding. I don't think either of them really had a season that was, you know, 50 touchdowns and some ridiculous interception numbers. Like, Brady had a pretty average season considering that he threw the ball 700 times, over 700 (laughs) times. Yeah. 
and you're, and considering right. i mean having the weapons that he has i know that's a hot topic because you know green bay has a decent offense too but to say you have mike evans um chris godwin uh leonard Fournette, ronald jones You've got Antonio Brown that he kind of pieced out halfway through the season, but uh, just Gronk. A, a Gronk. I mean, crazy. Their backup tight end. I'm blanking on his name. Christian, he's uh, Brate. He's a stud too, I think. Yeah, he's pretty good. What happened to their? Uh, there was a Howard. Did Howard he? Did he? OJ Howard. Get I'd, the boot. I don't know. Anyways, I. I mean, if you're gonna make the argument that there's no clear cut reason for Rodgers to win, then there's not a clear cut reason for Brady to win either, and that's if you just purely care about touchdowns and pass yards then yeah but real fans care more about than i mean the, the, the more efficient quarterback i think is aaron Rodgers. but i think you know i i do think that aaron Rodgers should have been the mvp but i don't think it should have been a landslide you know people are saying that he is the mvp back in january before mm-hmm. you know things are ever even settled before the regular season's ever over people are saying aaron Rodgers is the mvp and i think he's the mvp i just don't know that he ran away with it the way that people are saying that he did no I, and i'd agree with that but he still won. He played a great. <laughs> <laughs> he played a great season, but so did Tom Brady. Yeah. So I, yeah. you know, I just want to leave it there. What about all time? Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. I think. <laughs> I, I I love your face. Yeah, when you when you're talking all time here, you know, looking a few years back, they, you know, he said that he would play well into his age. Yeah. I think you have to give it to Rodgers. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you said that because I know your answer. I knew that we would talk. Yeah, about there's this. no doubt. There's no doubt. I always ask the question to people when you're going to, you know, when you're going to pick a fantasy team, if you're taking Brady over Rodgers, you don't want a good thrower of the football. Then I guess. Yeah. I really don't see it. I don't. I. I'd like to see physical physical examples of Brady throwing the ball consistently better than Rodgers. Then I would take him. Mm-hmm. But. Okay, so you say. Fantasy teams, but if you're building your yeah. franchise and you want to win a championship, well, I'm not saying. I mean, the guy who's been to one Super Bowl, or the guy who's been to 15. Sorry. When I say fantasy team, yeah, not talking actual fantasy. I'm talking like. Oh, I thought you meant. If fantasy. you're building a team, like you a know, franchise from bottom up, a franchise from bottom up, and you get to pick a quarterback out of all time, you know, or not all time because that could that will open up a can of worms. That'll open up Dan Marino. We're talking Joe Montana. Okay, yeah. you can make a fantasy team. You're picking between Rodgers. Rodgers. Brady and Rodgers. Rodgers and Brady. Yes. I mean, I'm taking Rodgers every time. I'm taking Rodgers because... Bias aside. We're from a uh, Wisconsin market. Don't like to show my bias, but I love the guy. Okay, I love him for playing in Tony, he's so years. much better. It's not It's not even like... Okay, Super Bowl rings matter. Yeah, I get it. Okay, so we're talking talent. <laughs> we're not talking best winner. Yeah. But, you know, in the, in the topic of the discussion that we're having... We turned it to the page of if you're building a franchise and you want to win a Super Bowl, who would you rather have, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady? And you'd say Aaron Rodgers, but also Tom Brady has seven rings. Yeah. I mean, if I'm taking, if I want my team to win, you know, taking bias out of it, if I'm t- I have to consider Brady. I have sure. to consider Brady. But you'd still pick Rodgers. I probably would still pick Rodgers. Because he's a better quarterback. I probably would still pick right. He is the more talented quarterback, better thrower of the football. But Tom Brady it, can do that, though. Tom I guess, Brady can do that. Though. Yeah, he can, but not the, not to the same rate. No, he not can't. The, not the same consistency, and I get that point. He cannot, and I mean, you can see it in the in the passer rating. He's a full ten points under, but still over a hundred. I mean, it's not like we're talking about 
Derek Carr and Aaron Rodgers. I mean, this is still a, an impressive quarterback. Yeah, who's I'm not 44 years old and has just. If I'm building yeah. a franchise and I want it to win over the next 10, 15 years, prime Brady, prime Bra- time. What, what is going that? on with me? <laughs> what was <laughs> prime Brady or time? prime rib? What I can't talk. I prime know. Brady or prime Rodgers? I'm sorry, it's prime Rodgers. There's no doubt about it. We're never going to get to a solid answer. No. I don't want to say I'd go with Brady, but I don't want to just give it away and be like, yeah, I'd go with Rodgers too because I think there's some value to Tom Brady's career. Man, I mean, he's won seven Super Bowls. Yeah, I'm not I guess the GOAT discussion really boils down to then are we talking winningness or are we talking the ability to play the game? Because yeah. if it's ability, it's Rodgers hands down. Hmm. If we're talking Super Bowls, then yeah, Brady's got more Super Bowl rings. Congratulations on winning a team sport. Okay, but what about if... I get it's the team's yeah, discussion. Yeah, no, I know. He's I know. won seven, though. Seven yeah. rings. That's more than most of the franchise in the yep. NFL. Okay, so Congrats. not to mention, I want I want my quarterback to play for 15 years. That means I have to sign him the contracts. Mm-hmm. That means he has to take pay cuts so I can put talent around him. Tom yep. Brady's done that. Rodgers has more MVPs. Rodgers has more MVPs, but he's also staring $46 million of salary mm-hmm. room in the face against the Packers right now. I don't think is salary like considered the GOAT discussion. It's not, but paid. when you think of... Because then if that's the case, then we can go back way, way back and be like, look how much those little guys, those guys paid, you know? They got paid right. nothing. You're right. I'm, I'm pulling in a factor no, to just kind of... No, I get it. I get it. But it's like, you know, there's just something about Brady that seems like he's the safe pick. You know, I could say Rodgers, and in hindsight, look back on it and say, oh, I probably should have went Brady or Rodgers or whatever. But in the moment, when I say Rodgers, mm-hmm. I know that I'm staring off-season drama in the face. I know that I'm staring... Short, coming up short in Super Bowl runs in the face. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm staring MVPs in the face, but I also know that I'm staring one Super Bowl in 17 years in the face. Yeah, and you also have to consider, you know, the fact that Tom Brady cheated. He did cheat to win, so people yeah. people kind of skip that fact a lot. On two, se- two separate occasions. Liter- literally cheated to win twice. Spygate deflicate. So I think that's often to, like missed. Uh, you know, people don't really talk about that anymore, but he is a cheater. And always will be a cheater. So, okay. That's fine. So, in the MVP discussion, we'll bring it back to the MVP discussion. Tom Brady, Aaron yeah. Rodgers. What about Cooper Cup? Why is there no yeah. merit to Cooper Cup's campaign? He had the a guy great year. Led the way in receiving touchdowns, yards, and receptions. It's one of those things where, man, yeah. How did you Won know? A Super Bowl MVP and just felt like he got completely steamrolled in this vote and had nothing right. to do with the outcome. It's a quarterback award. It's a quarterback award. That's why this episode is named Most Valuable Quarterback, because it's not the MVP. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, then Derrick Henry would be starting to be considered. Granted, he was injured this year. I get that. But in past seasons, it would be guys like Derrick Henry. It would be guys like Cooper Cup. It would be guys who've had great years like, uh, you know, TJ Watt or something like that. But it's not. It's a quarterback thing. Well, and maybe, maybe it just takes a receiver to have a year that good and to have a quarterback have, you know, like Rodgers and Brady to have – an average year where it's just like maybe just because quarterbacks carry so much weight in the offense. I'm trying to get get across that like maybe just a receiver needs to have such a good year and the rest of the quarterbacks in the field just have an average year. Yeah. Because I don't know. It certainly seems like it's an award that's going to always go to a quarterback. So is that the case with the wide receivers then this year? Because Aaron Rod- or Cooper Cup, sure, he led the way with receiving touchdowns, yards, receptions. But if like if he set records for most receptions in a season, for most yards in a season by a wide receiver, for most touchdowns 
by a wide receiver in a season. Most touchdowns in a game. If he had something like that where he had some records that really started to bolster that resume, and I get, mm-hmm. you know, he had a great season. But then I think the case would be all the more necessary. It seems mm-hmm. like for a quarterback, you just have to have a good year where you don't turn the ball over, where you get your team to the playoffs. Yeah. And then on the other side, if you're a wide receiver or a skilled position player or someone on defense, you have to start breaking records and really have an impact on this game. Yeah, it makes you – like, what else does he need to do? <laughs> really? Exactly. Like, there how much no more? no love for Cooper Cup this year. It, it does seem a bit weird. Like, he should have been at least second. Yeah. But... <laughs> okay, there we go. <laughs> There's the Tom Brady slander that uh, I was waiting for Will McCormick no, it, to dish in on. It is interesting, though, because taking the Triple Crown – yeah. I think that's a horse racing term, but we're going to... Well, it is, and baseball, too, where you yeah. win an award for three different categories in your sport. Oh, okay, yeah, so it, it applies. Yep. Um, what else can he do? Do you want him to start throwing touchdown passes and kicking field goals, too? I think he had a pass attempt in the game in the Super Bowl. Oh, that's why. He didn't... He didn't uh, oh, it was in the Super Bowl? I think so. Oh, okay. there, was, there was a non-position player to throw the football once for each team, and I'm blanking on who it was. I was going to say, if it was regular season and he didn't complete it, that's probably why. Yeah, how dare he? <laughs> oh, quarterback? <laughs> Gone. <laughs> He does zero oh, percent completion. Incomplete completion. pass, wide receiver out of this discussion. What is this QBR on the year? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's your completion percentage, pal. Out. Yanked. Okay, so I thought about this. Now, if does it? And I'm using this as a transition question. We don't have to spend mm-hmm. too much time. Does it tarnish Aaron Rodgers' MVP candidacy that he's playing for Matt Lafleur, a coach who's won 13 games in his first three seasons? Does it or does it not tarnish the fact? If he's doing this with Mike McCarthy and someone who, you know, you can tell that Aaron Rodgers is carrying the weight now at the back end of that relationship, and it's not so much obvious that Matt LaFleur is a really good coach. He's the next kind of coaching tree that mm-hmm. a bunch of the next wave of NFL coaches are coming off of. Does it tarnish Aaron Rodgers' MVP reputation that Matt LaFleur is his coach? That's a good good segue into this next segment too, but it is. just to – I guess to answer that, I feel like, I mean, Rogers answered it himself. He said in his speech, you know, winning it two out of the three years he's there, there's no doubt that LaFleur is a part of that reason. Yeah. Yep. But at the same time, Bruce Arian's a great coach. Brady has a good coach too. So there's, I think LaFleur is a really good coach and that definitely plays into why he's won two of them in the last two years. So if it doesn't affect Aaron but Rodgers, I don't say tarnish. MVP. If it doesn't affect Rodgers getting the MVP, then why does Aaron Rodgers tarnish Matt LaFleur winning a coach of the year? If you're going to spin it one way, why can't it be spun both ways? Dude, that's so good. <laughs> that's so good because that's – yeah, man. I mean, okay, Mike Vrabel is, is the coach of the year, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But he got 36 of the 50 votes. Yeah. Matt LaFleur got eight. Mm-hmm. He's a bad coach. <laughs> He's got to be. <laughs> the guy has won 39 games in three years. Each year, 13 regular season wins and has got his team to the NFC Championship twice in the playoffs all three years, and he has zero Coach of the Year awards to show for it. And so the counter-argument is, oh, well, he has Aaron Rodgers. He's coaching Aaron Rodgers. He's coaching Aaron Rodgers. Mike Vrabel just won seven games without Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback. (laughs) All right. Listen. It's a matter of efficiency, Tony. It's got to (laughs) be. You mean to tell me that Matt LaFleur is so undeserving of the coach of the year that he's Uh, only going to get eight votes out of 50? Yeah. What? All right. Here's the thing. At what point does it take for him to get a – this is starting to 
cast shame on the Coach of the Year award. It's really starting to embarrass what it means. Because if you're the Coach of the Year, you are doing things with your team that nobody thought you could do. Especially after the Packers started this year 0-1 with a 38-3 loss in Jacksonville to the Saints. No one said that they were going to win the division. No one said that they were going to win 13 games and lose three after that. So they ended 13-4. and four. No one said that they were going to do that. No one said Aaron Rodgers is going to be the MVP this year. So he did what people thought couldn't be done. I remember his first year when he came into Green Bay. He did what people thought couldn't be done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. What more is there to say? What more does he have to do to lay out a Coach of the Year resume in front of the voters to finally win their approval? I mean, what more has to be done? I get you want to award a coach for going 7-2 and two after losing their star player. But right. come on now. Yeah, really? I guess that begs the question, what did Mike Vrabel do better? I think it's that. I really do think it's that. They, okay, so the Bengals beat them in the AFC Divisional Round at home. They were the one seed. Same outcome the Packers had. But the Titans were 7-2 and two after losing Derrick Henry to that injury. And yet they still got the one seed. So maybe that's what they saw. But the fact yeah. that it was this big of a landslide, the floor with eight, Basaccia with three, Zach Taylor with two, who got his team to the Super Bowl. So if yeah. we're talking... Doing things with his team that nobody thought could be done. Right. Zach Taylor should be in the top three at least. least. Yeah. And then Bill Belichick with one. You mean to tell me that Mike Vrabel? What it, what, there is something going on here that this is 36 out of 50 votes for Mike Vrabel? Right. What? So what if, what if this trend continues and Matt LaFleur gets to the end of his career and he doesn't have a Coach of the Year award to show from it? That'll be one of the biggest flops. In- exactly. But yet he's taken his team to the playoffs every year. He has him with 13 wins. Oh, but that's Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I'm sorry. Did he not almost get Jordan Love to win in Kansas City? Right. That's a good point. Like, Come on. And I like how you mentioned that before, but how does having the MVP on your roster tarnish? <laughs> if, if anything, it, it, tarnish, it should help you. It should help you. It should be like, look, I've coached this team to have an MVP of the league. Like, What a shame. There is no doubt. What I mean, Rodgers even, like I said, Five minutes ago, without Matt LaFleur, he does not win that award. Yeah. Without him, it's, it doesn't happen. So it's all Aaron Rodgers. Oh, I'm sorry. Was Aaron Rodgers on the team that just went 6-9-1 and one the year before Matt LaFleur arrived? And so he turned them into a 13-game winning per regular season team. Right. Matt LaFleur did that, but he's not coach of the year because Aaron Rodgers, who was on that 6-9-1 well, team. Yeah, and there's what? also off-season signings and all that. Obviously, you know, all the other... but. Yeah. The coaching strategy is what, I mean, that's how you win games. Unbelievable. The way he commands a locker room and the way that the guys are respecting him speaks volumes too. Mm-hmm. It's such a mock that he is not a coach of the year yet in one of these first three years. And the fact, and you know, I wouldn't be so mad if he got like, if he split the difference, you know, Mike Vrabel got 20 votes and Matt LaFleur caught like 16 and then, you know, he split the rest throughout the other three members of this of this list that I have. 36 to Mike Vrabel. That means 36 of yeah. 50 voters said Mike Vrabel is hands down the better head coach than Matt LaFleur this season. It must, huh? have, it must have been that MVP thing. like Come having. On now. Yeah, I guess that's the age-old question. Did the coach make the MVP or did the MVP make the coach? Exactly. You know? Exactly. Because there's no doubt. last year. Yeah, there's Rogers no doubting. MVP. There's no doubting Rodgers' ability. 
There's that's certainly a fact. And you know, to Rabel's credit, he coached a really good team for you know nine games, winning seven of them without Derrick Henry is pretty darn impressive. Yeah, but exactly. he also has Julio Jones and um, oh, AJ Brown. AJ Brown, which are they're both studs. And okay, I, and maybe Julio was hurt for a while there, but. So here's the thing: if you're not going to give it to Matt Lafleur because he has talent and they're expected to win, so they're, so Matt Lafleur is automatically not going to get a coach of the year because they're going to win no matter who's there as a head coach. <laughs> so you mean to tell me that Rick Bisaccia deserves only three out of fifty votes for taking over a team in turmoil, with players being arrested, thrown in jail, with coaches, with his head coach that he coached under, being released, being fired? I should say because he was caught you know, being with racist actions and, and things like that nature, so he was fired. So he takes over a team and takes them to the playoffs, but he's only going to get three votes. Zach Taylor, who takes his team to the Super Bowl with the worst offensive line in football, with a second-year quarterback who won comeback player of the year after he tore his ACL last year. Zach Taylor's only going to get two votes? Yeah. What? What a mock of the coach of the year. I mean, <laughs> the this other- is just such a terrible... Outcome. The other thing, too, I think we can see who the Patriot fan is in the voters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bill Belichick with one, one vote. <laughs> I get it. He's doing it with, with Mac Jones, but come on now. Really? They were not. Yeah. That's so, funny. I, I want to pawn on this again. The fact that Matt LaFleur caught eight, Bisaccia with threes, Taylor with two, and 36 to Mike Vrabel. Mm-hmm. What a mo- and I'm not saying the guy didn't deserve it. No. But did he deserve it more than these other three names? My list, I would have put Lafleur one. I would have put Taylor two. I probably would put Vrabel three and then Bisaccia four. And you mean to tell me that Vrabel is the landslide? 36 out of 50 votes for the win? Come on now. Unbelievable. If Matt LaFleur, I tell you, if Matt LaFleur gets to the end of his coaching career and doesn't have a coach of the year because he's had Aaron Rodgers, what a mock of the coach of the year award. What a mock. Also, Rodgers would be really old. <laughs> also, <laughs> say LaFleur plays another 20 years and Rodgers is at like 37 60. years played. Yeah. He's back there in the pocket just little dingy dunk passes at 60 years uh, old. What a mock. What a joke. I mean, what a joke this really is. All right. Well, uh, I want to. I do want to put some attention on Mike Vrabel. I mean, it, it, they did have a great year. They did go twelve and five. They did win the the division. Had the one seed. Got the first round by. They did it all. I've going seven and two after losing Derrick Henry. I mean, I really got myself worked up here. Mm-hmm. I really got myself going because I just you know I, I keep trying to put attention on Mike Vrabel deserves this award because he's been a good coach, but I just keep working myself into the same hole of. I can't believe that he got this landslide victory. Right. I want to I want to cast some attention and I want to praise Mike Vrabel for the season he had, but it just was not better than Matt LaFleur's coaching year. It was not better than Zach Taylor. It just wasn't. It just was not. Yeah. I mean, and when you're looking, you know, it's like in division wise, the AFC South isn't that much harder oh of a division that, that than just the makes NFC North. Angry. Right. I mean, so we're we're sitting at second place here is the Colts at 9 and 8. And then following the Texans at four and thirteen, and the Texans. Jaguars three and fourteen. So, oh my God! And when you continue. and when you compare that to the NFC North, you have the Packers at you know obviously top of the division, then followed by the Vikings at eight and nine. So very comparable mm. to the nine and eight of the Colts. Yeah, the Bears at six and eleven, 
and then the Lions sitting at three and thirteen. So similar division difficulty, but you can't say that winning the division of the AFC South isn't something Green Bay couldn't have done. That that division is pretty darn weak. That's a good point. I was ready to go in on the fact that they played in the AFC South with the Jaguars and Texans, who are two of the worst teams in the NFL. But the Packers also play with the Bears who had a struggling season who are going yeah, under but with Bears and Vikings who are going under complete front office and head coaching changes. The roster moves all up and down, and then the Detroit Lions at the back end of it always. But I would say it's pretty comparable, if not the NFC North being slightly more difficult, but bias probably included in that. So <laughs> they're 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 pretty darn comparable. I still think it's still such a joke mm-hmm. to me. Okay, so you pull up division. Well, let's look at Zach Taylor. Ravens, Steelers, Browns. Right. Come on, that's the hardest division out of the three that we've named. Yeah, true. Not to mention, if I want to cast votes to Basaccia, he coached in the AFC West with the Chiefs and the Chargers, who have Justin Herbert coming into his own as an NFL quarterback. What a joke. What a mock <laughs> of this award. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but the fact that Matt LaFleur hasn't... And, you know, here we go again. Now I'm going to get worked up again because... I listen to some of these national networks, and they laugh out. Keyshawn Johnson of ESPN. I'm going to say the name. Yeah. Keyshawn Johnson of ESPN laughed out loud to the fact that Matt LaFleur should be mentioned for a Coach of the Year award. What do you qualify as a Coach of the Year then? What do you give the Coach of the Year award to? It's not someone who performed the best in their division because that was Zach Taylor. It's not somebody who had to fight through adversity to get his team to the playoffs because that's Rick Basaccia. It's not somebody who coaches an MVP because that's been Matt LaFleur the last two years. So who is it? <laughs> right. Mike Vrabel who coaches through injury? Okay. I, I really hope that well, – what was the guy's name that said that? That was Keyshawn Johnson, ESPN. I really Keyshawn, hope, J. Will, and Max. Yeah, I really hope that that's a scenario where they have to say something that is completely like ridiculous just to get views. Yeah. Because – I really hope he cannot like actually believe that Lafleur did nothing to be in that discussion. And you know what his counter argument was? Hmm. Matt Lafleur has Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, again, Aaron Rodgers went six nine and one the season before Matt Lafleur got there. Right. So what's the fact of the change? Okay, if I showed you a span of four seasons and I said. The first season was six, nine, and one, and then the next three are thirteen and three or thirteen and four. What do you think changed? I mean, and I told you the head coach. You'd say, "Well, he'd be the coach of the year." Then Vrabel has really? Vrabel has, I mean, one of the best running backs of this decade on yeah. his team. I understand that he played nine games without him, but yep. having a team built around that, and then having Julio Jones, who was at the time, you, you know, talk five years ago, Julio is one of the best receivers in the game. Yeah, um, AJ Brown, who's emerging stud i mean he had a lot of stuff to work with too and like we've said a thousand times you can win with an average quarterback and honestly if you have good play design a a a average at best running back can still perform i can't keep getting hot because i'm gonna keep yeah i keep shouting yeah someone's gonna come knocking on tony g studios hey we got reports of yelling or something like Mm -hmm. that so i just gotta chill out and move segments it's a mock of the coach of the year award i'm gonna leave it at that it's a joke it's a complete joke let me know what you think at Tony G Nation on Twitter, TonyGNation.com. It will is 5312 on Twitter. Our last segment of the day, I want to talk about the NFL Hall of Fame inductees because there's one who I think is deserving, and then there's one who I think is questionable. We'll start with the deserving 
one because this is a uh, debatable topic. Our friend Jason Fonder says this guy shouldn't have gotten in, but Leroy Butler, Packers safety, four-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, Super Bowl champ in 1996, 13 interceptions, or excuse me, 38 interceptions, 13 forced fumbles in 181 games, 20 and a half sacks as well. I think he's deserving. I mean, that's a, yeah. that's a good resume for a safety. Mm-hmm. Not to mention that he was a four-time All-Pro. So he was recognized as one of the better safeties four years mm-hmm. out of his career. Super Bowl champion as well. He'd been to two of them in 97 as well when they lost to the Broncos. I don't know what the argument is. You know, people say, oh, he had one big moment, and that was the Lambeau leap. I mean, look at those stats. That's not one big moment. No. I mean, that's that's quite an impressive resume. I'd love to hear... Jason's perspective on this because it's just you know and and anybody who has a counter argument to it to be honest with you because you know this is this is the standard of NFL Hall of Fame inductees this is the standard if you have a resume with a couple all pros a couple pro bowls you have a ring and a couple stats to back it up you're going to get into the Hall of Fame it's not like the MLB where someone like Todd Helton didn't get in this year and he's had an exceptional career where I think Ryan Howard should be in because he's had an exceptional career, was the best player in baseball for six years and didn't get in. So you really have to be the cream of the crop in baseball to get into a Hall of Fame. In football, it's not that way. If you have, and I'm not saying that's good or bad, but you know, in, in the NFL, if you have some stats and some achievements to go on your resume, you're probably going to get in. You have a ring, you have all pro mentions, you have pro bowls. If you have some stats to back it up, you know, if you get recognized for multiple seasons of being one of the best at your position, you're probably going to get it to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. So for that, I mean, it's just the standard. That's probably why Troy Aikman got in, and that's our friend Jason's argument all the time. But Leroy Butler, is, you know, I mean, he is deserving of this Right, Hall of Fame and he, he got in over Rondé Barber, right, which is kind of the hot topic, I think. I think so. And a lot of people are, that's what they're mad about. And I think the people kind of forget that Butler put up those stats which are comparable to Rondé Barber in 60 less games Mm. Mm. 60 that's a good stat that is let's do the math here Tony yeah the econ guy bringing out the math that is nearly four seasons less Mm. so that's a good that's a good point you know like that is we talked about efficiency earlier in the show and here it is again Mm -hmm. in less games doing more things yeah Butler was a 10-year starter and Rondé Barber was a 14-year starter Mm. That's a good point. Yeah, I guess efficiency is the leading topic of today's discussion. <laughs> it is. So is that why this next name got in? I don't know if this guy deserved to get in. Tony Baselli was a left tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars for seven seasons, a five-time pro bowler, three-time all-pro. He spent seven seasons on the offensive line for Jacksonville and got in. Seven seasons as an offensive lineman. Here's the thing. I can see if you get in. You know, like Calvin Johnson got in with like nine years played. Mm-hmm. He's going to get in with nine years played because he put up some ridiculous stats at the wide receiver yeah, position. He was, I mean, he was just nuts. Crazy. And so I think for skilled position players, it's a little different. But if you're at the offensive lineman position and you play seven years. Yeah. Huh? I mean, is this just something to get in where, where the NFL wanted someone from Jacksonville to get in? They want to put guys from each franchise in every certain amount of years to get Every team recognized in the pro in the in the Hall of Fame, and they went well. Tony Baselli was a five-time Pro Bowler, a three-time All-Pro at left tackle. So does this mean David Bakhtiari is going to be a Hall of Famer? Oh, I, mean, I, I guess so. Yeah, it has to be, right? Yeah, I I don't I don't understand 
why why an offensive lineman for seven? I mean, if the guy played 17, 18 years and was like, you know, a 10 time <laughs> yeah. all pro. Yeah. Okay. That was one of the better offensive linemen ever, but seven mm-hmm. seasons. That's pretty low bar for offensive linemen. You know what? I, I don't, here. I'm not old enough to remember watching Tony Baselli. but You're right. I mean, see, here's the thing. Tony Baselli was the first draft pick in Jaguars history. Mm. So is this something to kind of get recognition from yeah. the Jaguars in there as well? You know, I, I, I don't get the whole seven-season thing. I mean, he was uh, a member of the all-decade team in the 90s. That's it? (laughs) Congrats. 91 games. Okay, so this was his 16th year of eligibility. What? What changed? Over 16 years, we mulled over someone who played seven years in the NFL as an offensive lineman, should he be a Hall of Famer? For 16 seasons, and we finally come to the conclusion that, yeah, he should get in. Huh? <laughs> this one is the most, and I, you know, I don't want to take away from personal achievements. It's, yeah. It's a great achievement to be recognized as a Hall of Famer in your sport, but it just goes to show how the standards are different per Hall of Fame per sports. Maybe we added an option where we just vote nobody in. <laughs> <laughs> that happened with baseball a few years ago. Did no one like, got elected to the Hall of Fame for a certain class. I think it was like 2016, 17. No one got in. See, that adds some, like, or why don't we make it like Survivor style? Like, <laughs> you have to come in, you know, you have to. How about you make all these old guys who are retired suit up again and then play against each other? Yeah. Whoever's left standing, <laughs> play against put each them other. in. <laughs> Bad idea. How awesome would no, that be? No, we have like uh, like uh, council, you know, where they have to go in and yeah. they got to vote one guy out. <laughs> <laughs> We make it a reality. Think show. of all the revenue they could bring in with that. It spans that. like oh. from like the entire football season. You lock them in a house like the Jersey Shore. Yeah. And every Sunday you put cameras on them as they watch football. Hey, that would be fun. That would be awesome. Yep. And then we can do like a uh, Survivor style <laughs> final episode. Yeah. Load up. You know, we get to see all the commercials for that. Well, not even that. Like get to the playoffs. Yep. And then start the elimination round mm-hmm. of every week. Someone's going to get voted out of this house. Like, there's 20 guys. <laughs> you know, it's almost like the Heisman house. Everybody's yeah. in a house. And the whole show is them watching football. And whoever's left standing, whoever gets voted in, gets to be a Hall of Famer. Whoever gets voted out, see you later, pal. <laughs> I like that. We should do that like, just like once every 10 years. Yeah. So that the roster can just be chuck full of guys. We like, start with... like 40 guys in this house. Yeah, we start with like the older, the, you know, the oldest that they, yeah. they can go. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be pretty... You know, they can hit us up for the copyrights. We yeah. already have it claimed. You know what? That This idea was generated, generated naturally here on the Tony G Show. Yep. It's already trademarked. Correct. Uh, some of these other names that people who got in, uh, Sam Mills, Bryant Young, Cliff Branch, Art McNally, and Dick Vermeil. I got to tell you, don't recall play, watching any one of those guys play. Also, Richard Seymour got in. He's the only one who has some recognition to us, you know, being in our young 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was... A seven-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro with 57 and a half sacks in 12 seasons, eight in New England, four in Oakland as a defensive lineman. These are the three names, Butler, Baselli, and Seymour, that you and I can really spend time recognizing. The rest of the guys, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I'm too young to remember. We were two years old when uh, uh, Butler retired, so <laughs> could vividly remember watching him play. A hundred percent. I mean... The Tony Baselli thing. Seven years as an offensive lineman. Yeah. You know, yeah, let's throw him in. If that 100% was just for the Jaguar recognition. There has the to be thing. a different stat there that he's really good at. That we're missing? I mean, I, I looked it up so. on the website for 
all of his achievements. I yeah. looked up I looked up his stats. I looked up on the Pro Football Hall of Fame, his description of his introduction. Nothing. I, nothing more than what I've said. Hmm. He was the first pick in Jaguars history. First overall pick in Jaguars history. That's got to be it. Just so that Jacksonville can get some recognition. You know, if you, you know, and I get that. I understand right. that, but Tony Baselli, I mean, come on. I don't know. I congratulations to all of them. I just uh, question a few of them, especially Tony Baselli. For my shout perspective. out, most yeah. deserving. Yeah, I'm sorry for. I know he's a huge fan of the show, so he's going to listen. And be like, that Why be are my favorite guys bashing me in my Hall of Fame? Wouldn't that be something. Resume. There's got to be a stat we're missing, or maybe we just didn't get to watch him play, and he was that dominant. Could it have been? I mean, it's hard to keep stats for. You know, the amount of sacks given up. Right. If he had, like, zero sacks for seven years, okay. Yeah. Or if he had, like, you know, I know they keep pancake stats. I don't mm-hmm. know what year that started, That's though. Probably, yeah. The, all those stats probably started, like, one year before he retired. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's Congratulations to all of them. I yep. mean, we're a little satirical here on the Tony G Show, but, you know, it's nah. it's worth mentioning. Huh? That's how it is. It was good to have you back, pal. Good to be back. Yeah, good episode. It was indeed... About a uh, hour long. Man, yeah. we are just, it's just Cruising. hard to stop. You know, when know. we get going and yep. I start screaming at the mic, it's like, I don't want to stop. But we yeah. do have to, no less. Another episode of the Tony G Show in the books. We'll see you next week, huh? Yeah. I think we're doing a Brady Rogers debate next week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're just going to do that every episode for the remainder of the Tony G Show. Perfect. Perfect. Fresh at, content. <laughs> at Willis5312, if you're talking about fresh content, his Twitter page or my Twitter page at Tony G Nation, TonyGNation.com for more. This has been a Tony G Show.